The state of Illinois is finally starting to reopen, and the General Assembly has wrapped up its business for the spring after only 19 days in session. We'll talk about that on this edition of Capital Cast. Hello and welcome to Capital Cast, a regular podcast of Capital News Illinois. I'm Peter Hancock. And for the first time in many weeks, we have the whole CNI news team here, although we're meeting by teleconference. Jerry Nowicki, Rebecca Anzel, and Ben Orner, it's good to see all of you again. Good to see you too, Peter. Hi, Peter. Hi, Peter. Hey. So, um, Let's start with Rebecca. Uh, the state of Illinois is now in phase three of the governor's reopening plan. That means many, but not all businesses that were considered non-essential can now reopen under some pretty specific health guidelines. What does this mean? Uh, what can we do now? What can't we do? And what should people know about this? So um, phase three is a good thing for retail shop workers that have been out of work for months now. Um, some restaurant staff, um, some fitness club staff. So basically um, retail shops can be open now. There are capacity requirements. Um, uh, restaurants and bars can serve food and drinks outside, which is again, good for, for wait staff and, and cooks, bartenders. Um, salons and barbershops are open again with capacity restrictions. Fitness clubs cannot have um, activities inside, but they can't have them outside in groups no larger than 10. Um, state parks are open wildlife areas are open historic sites are open so a lot of things are different um than they than they were just a few days ago but uh we are nowhere near back to normal um as we consider it pre-covid okay um and so what are some things that are not open i suppose uh restaurants for uh in dine-in service uh, is there anything else that's not allowed to reopen yet schools aren't open yet uh th then again it's also summer but schools aren't open yet um, there are some summer programs that, if they are allowed to run, uh, have some, some restrictions from the Illinois Department of Public Health on them. Um, and we did hear this week, uh, I think the governor announced on Thursday that he's removing the restriction on church services. Uh, that had been the subject of multiple lawsuits. Uh, but churches can reopen. They are strongly discouraged not to, uh, or if they do, to hold outdoor services. Uh, or remote services, uh, but people can go to church this weekend. Uh, also, I wanted to ask you, Rebecca, there were many other lawsuits, including some filed by Republican lawmakers. Uh, where does that stand now that we're in phase three? Are those lawsuits still going forward? They are. Um, I haven't heard anything about Representative Cabello's lawsuit he, that's filed up in Winnebago County uh, in, a, in a long time. Um, Representative Darren Bailey sued. He's a Republican from Zena. Um, uh, they're still, we're still waiting to hear from a federal judge about whether um, the state's put sort of notice to move that case from Clay County downstate Illinois to a federal court um, can stand if that will go forward. The Justice Department came out in support of Representative Bailey, so we'll see what happens. Um, there are some business owners and uh, some, some public workers from Will County um, that also sued the state that are saying, you know, you close businesses and you, you sort of their property was confiscated. So um, the lost wages and such, and that all happened without any sort of just compensation. Um, and so, yeah, we're waiting to see what happens with that one as well. 
Okay, and, and these are all predicated on the idea that the governor has exceeded his authority with these executive orders. Um, so far, I think the governor's batting over 500, uh, with the exception of the Darren Bailey case where he won at the district court level initially, or the circuit court level initially. Um, overall, do you think, I mean, do you think his orders are going to stand? Um, there have been other states, I think, where uh, local courts have struck some down or uh, scaled them back, but uh, what kind of legal grounding do you think the governor's in here? Um, well, so, I mean, if you take the church lawsuits as an example, they were they were challenging the First Amendment rights to practice religion were being violated and the governor gave them concessions. Um, some candidates hoping to run for office also got concessions, and so the state has tried to meet them halfway when it comes to lawsuits that are specifically challenging his legal authority, um, the governor's not backing down because that would mean that uh, months of, of actions and restrictions would need to be overturned. And um, if you ask the governor, his administration, they will tell you that these measures were put in place not to be punitive, um, not to be overly burdensome, but to save people's lives. And so I don't think they're gonna sort of ease up on that anytime soon. Okay, and I want to turn now to Ben Orner to talk about what's been happening in the Illinois economy since all this began. Uh, you wrote this week about the surge in unemployment and the snags at the Department of Employment Security, which really wasn't set up to handle the volume of jobless benefit applications that they're seeing. I think IDES said they processed something like 1.3 million unemployment claims in the last few months. And Republicans are now trying to gain some yardage by criticizing the governor for not doing enough to prepare for that. Uh, tell us what's going on, Ben. Yeah, so this, the IDES's, I guess, s slow response to what has been an unprecedented number of claims, um, and as well as a, a data breach uh, that happened uh, a couple weeks ago, um, IDES, has, IDES has really been a sticking point for Republicans on um, you know, hammering the governor, saying that, uh, he hasn't done an adequate job. Um, and so now a group of four uh, uh, Republican representatives are taking it a step further. They're introducing a resolution in the House to uh, call for an official audit uh, of the uh, of the Illinois Department of Employment Security. Um, whether that like gains enough support to actually happen, you know, with with the, the House being um, under a Democratic supermajority, I don't know, um, but it is a significant step to go from you know just lobbying general complaints to uh, the department and, and about the governor to actually saying we want this state agency officially audited. Audited. And the governor was asked about that at one of his daily briefings, and I uh, I think he was kind of quipping that gee you know it's nice that these Republicans now want to see. IDES fully funded because they were the ones who, you know, with Governor Rauner, were kind of hollowing out state government. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, definitely been one of his biggest retorts that, uh, and also that, like, I think IDES has processed 12 times the amount of complaints or uh, applications in the past couple months than they did at the same time last year. So, um, you know, Prisker just says that, you know, we're working on it. It's just been so much that, it, that it's harder to handle. And ID, IDES has been taking steps to, to improve hiring more people and, and such. So we'll see where it goes. Okay. And you covered another story this week that was kind of interesting. For the longest time, there were these two counties out there 
that had no cases of COVID-19 and no deaths. Um, I think on Friday, one of those actually reported its first case. What was going on there? What's this anomaly all about? Yes, yeah, so there's a, Illinois has 102 counties. The two counties that had yet to report a case were Edgar County, which sits on the, uh, the Indiana border, um, and Scott County, which is uh, about 45 minutes to an hour west of, of Springfield. Um, and both of those counties, um, even though hundreds of people had been tested, hundreds of residents um, from those counties had been tested, no, uh, no confirmed cases until today, this morning, uh, Edgar County Health Department said uh, that one of their residents had, had tested positive. So um, once those numbers are updated, that'll leave Scott County population 4,900 as the, uh, the only uh, county in Illinois with, with yet a case. And um, the health administrators from the counties that I talked to said that it's not a, a problem with testing. It's not that there's a shortage of testing. It's just that by chance no one has tested positive and and they did um, stress that just because no uh, residents of those two counties had tested positive doesn't mean that no one in the counties had the virus at some point earlier in the year when testing was at a shortage nationwide um, so uh, i guess now it's just that scott county no one from scott county remember population 4,900. Yeah, and I've driven through Scott County before um, many times, and it's a beautiful part of the state, uh, but as you say, very rural, very sparsely populated, not a lot of commercial activity going on there. Uh, So maybe you can kind of see in an area like that where it wouldn't be, the virus would have a hard time spreading. Yeah. But Edgar County, like you say, it's a population over 17,000. Uh, they have some, you know, good medium-sized towns there. That really does seem like an anomaly. It does. It does. And, and um, when I talked to the assistant uh, health administrator from Edgar County, she said that, um, you know, a lot of residents who gotten tested, like over 600. Uh, some even get tested in nearby uh, Terre Haute, Indiana, which is the, the largest city uh, sort of near there. And um, I talked to the, the Indiana Health Department, and they said that, they don't count any Illinois residents in their count. So if an Edgar County resident were to test positive in Indiana, Indiana would then report that to, to Illinois. So it's, you know, it's really just by chance, the numbers haven't, haven't uh, borne out and it's not any sort of lack of testing or any um, sort of stifling of numbers or anything like that. Okay, well, good for those two counties, I guess. Uh, Jerry, I wanna to turn to you because uh, it's just been almost a week now since the uh, General Assembly wrapped up its session. They actually packed an entire legislative session, I counted up, into 19 session days. Uh, what did we end up accomplishing at the, at the end of it? Well, number one is the state budget, which uh, is all pretty much subject, subject to change at this point and uh, reliant on billions of dollars in borrowing from the federal government um, <clears throat> that's if the federal government doesn't provide us other aid um, through a second uh, coronavirus response uh, package. But then there was some other COVID-19 response, some random stuff included in that, like uh, unionization of horse track employees. Um, there was uh, all sorts of other stuff um, in those bills. One thing that stood out to me was that there was FOIA 
uh, stuff that would um, weaken FOIA law. That was stripped at the last minute from one of the uh, packages. And then there and that, was... That's the Freedom of Information Act. It's kind of uh, what journalists live and breathe off of to get information out of the government, as well as many people in the public. Uh, right. They were... I think the issue was they were talking about uh, allowing more time to respond to FOIA requests uh, because people are working from home, they're working remotely, and it's harder for them to uh, to get access to those documents. But uh, the governor came out and said he never asked for that. Uh, that turned into something that was kind of controversial. Right. Um and that's why I think it ended up getting stripped out because I don't think the governor wanted it to be part of that COVID-19 package. And there were a couple of other things that didn't get, uh, didn't happen. We thought there would be a bill to uh, give the Illinois Department of Public Health some enforcement power. Uh, they passed an emergency rule at first that was very controversial. They withdrew that. And the governor said they wanted uh, a legislative fix for that and nothing ended up happening happening on that. Uh, there was something else, and maybe we'll go back to Rebecca here, having to do what, uh, with housing assistance. What was going on with that thing? Yeah, uh, so for you know a couple of months now, Governor Pritzker has allowed emergency um, relief for people who are tenants and owe rent, uh, people who owe money on their mortgages. Um, and those, those protections are going to be lifted whenever his orders uh, expire. So the General Assembly is going to pass a law that basically further enforces that a little bit longer, gives them some extra relief, some ways to apply for, for financial help. Um, that was did not receive uh, enough support from members to even come up for a vote. Um, the housing uh, the housing lobby steadily fought that. Uh, and so instead, lawmakers stuck some extra funding for the Illinois Housing Department um, into the budget and it's more of an administrative program now okay and then now back to jerry uh, you had an interesting story i think you were actually the pool reporter at the last press conference that the governor had here in springfield um and one of the uh one of the things you wrote about was uh how much was left in limbo and how much discretionary authority uh lawmakers just left on the governor's desk uh to decide decide as the year goes on um, how much discretionary authority does he have now? Uh, yeah, I think one of the Republicans in the House tabulated it <laughs> at about seven or eight billion dollars in sort of just loosely um, appropriated funds. There's he can move. It's got to be used for certain purposes, but he can spend it. Um, it's federally granted uh, COVID nineteen response money but he can make emergency rules as to how that money is going to be spent. And they said, you know, he shouldn't be trusted with that power. Um, but okay. yeah, I think you had reported he could move a little bit more money around too. Yeah. But between line items, they usually give them like a 2% uh, flexibility there. But I think this year it's up to 8%. Uh, a lot of Republicans were concerned about that. Um, and I also want to get back to the federal borrowing. Uh, the budget is essentially about $5 billion out of balance. The idea is that the state's going to borrow up to $5 billion from the Federal Reserve through a program that, they, uh, that Congress has authorized there. 
and then repay the money with additional money that they're hoping Congress is going to give to the states, but they haven't done that yet. And what did the governor say when he was asked, you know, what happens if Congress doesn't come through with the money? What do we do then? Yeah, he said, uh, if they don't come through, we're going to have to go back and look at some things. There almost will certainly be more cuts to the budget. And the $5 billion number right now, keep in mind that is an estimate. It could be far greater than that. We don't know the economic damage, the extent of the economic damage, and the length it will last. So um, there's going to be some tough decisions to make next year, no matter how much money the federal government gives us. Um, but if they don't provide more aid to the state, it's I honestly have no idea uh, what type of extent that would have uh, in terms of state agencies and whatnot. Okay. Well, we're going to leave it there uh, for this week on Capital Cast. Uh, thank you all very much for your time. Uh, do want to make a special mention here that this is Ben Orner's last week at Capital News Illinois. He's been our intern from the Public Affairs Reporting Program at the University of Illinois Springfield. Uh, the in, uh, that pro You've now wrapped up that program, so we want to say farewell and best of luck to you. You've done a great job. Thanks for being here, Ben. Thanks, Peter. God's, Godspeed, Ben. Okay. Well, that'll do it for this week on Capital Cast. Capital Cast is a production of Capital News Illinois, a statehouse reporting project of the Illinois Press Foundation. Until next time, this is Peter Hancock saying stay safe, stay healthy, and thank you for listening.